Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's out today. She'll be back tomorrow. Kevin's here. And we start the hour talking about your inability to trust Joe Biden or his administration. And we got into this a little bit earlier in the show that uh, when we're talking about the level of happiness of people in America. And one of the things I pointed out, and this is true especially for people who do not have a deep sense of, of, of faith or higher being or serving someone higher than themselves, is it is very easy to get down and be unhappy as a person when the people that we look to to trust the most oftentimes end up being the least trustworthy. And we talked about how when when you see the videos that we've talked about at length here about these public school administrators ad- admitting that they're lying and manipulating and deceiving parents about what their kids are learning, it erodes trust in an institution we believe we should be able to trust above almost any other, which is the public education system, our educators, the people we we hand our kids over to every single day. Same thing is true, and it probably is no more true, than with the President of the United States and his administration. Because the President is the CEO of our nation. He's the face of our nation. He's the leader of our country. When people around the globe think of America, whoever our president is, that's who they think of. And in the case of Joe Biden, we are not getting a trustworthy person or a trustworthy administration. And it was on full display yesterday, not once, but twice. And we'll start with Corinne Jean-Pierre. She is the, the you know, press secretary, the voice of the administration, the person that goes out every single day and, and talks about what Biden is doing and what the administration's doing and, and how it's impacting Americans. And any intellectually honest person, no matter what your party is, is able to look at, see, and should be willing to admit the border is a disaster. I know Tony's down there right now with Americans for Prosperity doing some stuff. There have been 6.3 million illegal immigrants cross the border since Biden became president. Whether you're D, you're an R, you're a L, you're an independent, you're a apathetic, whatever. We should all be willing to say that's unacceptable that we have 6.3 million people illegally cross the southern border. We all have a vested interest in that not happening. Whether you want big immigration, smaller immigration, whatever it is, we all have a vested interest in knowing who's coming into this country and us uh, being able to account for those people and ensure that those people are here to assimilate into this country, to contribute to this country, and not bring drugs and danger to our society. Well, there's no way you can do that when you have 6.3 million people illegally entering the country. And yet... In an act of brazen dishonesty, Corinne Jean-Pierre looks the American people in the eye and tries to claim illegal immigration is down. 
So the State Department and the Department of Homeland Security will have more to share soon. As you know, the Department of Homeland Security shared uh, their plan uh, back in January, and we have seen from the data, we have seen uh, the uh, uh, that the unlawful immigration is down, and so the, what they have put forth, forth in their uh, protocol and their processes is working, uh, but they will have more to share in the upcoming days or weeks. Just don't want to get ahead of, of what the two agencies are going to share. That's even 6.3 million illegal immigrants cross the border since Biden's been president. Legal immigration is not down, and if it is down, it's like when Hogsett talks about violence being down. Well, if every year you're having record violence, and then you're just slightly down from the record violence, well, is that down? I mean, I guess if the standard is the record, the worst it's ever been, we're doing slightly better than the worst it's ever been, but that's not how she's wording it. She, she being Corinne Jean-Pierre, wants you to believe that the actions the Biden administration is taking is making our southern border safer. That's just absolutely not true. And again, it's another example of the people who we look to to be the best amongst us in society, the voice, the face of our country, just blatantly lying to us and not thinking anything about it. Here's another example. So Biden gave a speech yesterday. And with Biden now... I never know whether he's blatantly lying or he's so far gone mentally that he may actually believe the words that come out of his mouth. Now, Joe Biden has lied so much throughout his life. It's almost like O.J. Simpson. I think O.J. Simpson, if you hooked him up to a lie detector test today, he would pass the test that says he didn't do it, that he didn't kill Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman, because he's told himself that so many times that he may genuinely believe it. And it's like the George Costanza thing. It's not a lie if you believe it to be true. I'm not sure with Biden, because he has been caught so many times throughout his life lying, that he has lied so many times that he believes the lies he says, or mentally, he's so far gone that he, in some warped way in his brain, he has believed the thing to be true. But it's just time and again, blatantly obvious, easily disprovable stuff like this one. Think about it this way. My grandpa, who I never met, he died in the same hospital I was born in two weeks before I was born. That's not true at all. Joe Biden's paternal grandfather died in 1941. Joe Biden was born in 1942. There's no way that that is accurate. On the other side, the other grandparent not named Biden, Biden, Finnegan was his name, lived till 1957. So you would assume even in Biden's demented state that he's not talking about, that he's talking about his paternal grandfather. Well, that's not true at all. And by the way, his paternal grandfather died in Baltimore, Maryland. Biden was born in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Let's play, Kev, can we play that again just to make sure we didn't interpret what he's saying? Think about it this way. My grandpa, who I never met, he died in the same hospital I was born in two weeks before I was born. Biden's paternal grandfather died in September 1941 in Baltimore, Maryland. Biden was born in November of 1942 in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And if they will lie to you about meaningless crap, like that doesn't win you one vote, that doesn't make somebody like you more, that doesn't... Nothing. If they will lie to you about something so stupid and meaningless as that, what are they doing on the major stuff? 
What are they doing on the stuff that actually matters? And again, with Biden, I don't know what's more scary. Either he's lied so much throughout his life that he's just convinced himself that lies are real or that he genuinely believes the thing that he's telling you. Either way, they're petrifying. Now, coming up a little bit later, some people got animated with me yesterday because I had the audacity to tell you that someone who is in their 80s who has been in the uh, been in the government for 50 years and hasn't accomplished anything should get out of the government. And some people got mad and tried to say I was ripping on old people, which I actually absolutely was not. Not in no way was saying old people don't contribute to society. The senior citizens aren't the, some of the best among us, that the senior citizens don't have a lot to offer in terms of wisdom or wit. What I simply said is someone who is 80 plus years old or even let's take in their mid 70s and has been there for decades needs to go and needs to leave. Some people got a little upset at me about that. We'll play some voicemails later of people who totally had my back on it, as the overwhelming majority of people did. But here's James Clyburn, Democrat, member of Congress, South Carolina, guy who gave Biden the Democrat nomination. Remember, Biden was down and out after New Hampshire and Iowa. And Clyburn delivered South Carolina. This is one of Biden's biggest cheerleaders saying the same thing that we've been saying. A lot of people are going to have a major issue with an 80-year-old person running for president. First of all, I think the president is going to have to uh, deal with the whole issue uh, of uh, age. Uh, he is 80 years old. Uh, I might add, I'm 82. Uh, I do believe that he's up to the task, and that is something that we just cannot uh, pretend is not on people's minds. So I think he has to show the energy that he's been showing uh, over the past uh, several months. That's James Clyburn, who admits he's 82 and is saying the thing, he's a Democrat, saying the thing that we said yesterday. When In the case of Joe Biden, when you're in your 80s and you have been there forever, people are going to start asking, well, if you haven't fixed it by now, why not? Why not? And we're going to play some of these voicemails we got later, people backing me up on this, because there were some people who got really mad yesterday. And I said, look, we should be able to have a conversation that if you are in your 80s and you have been in public office for a long time, I think the time has probably expired on your ability to have new ideas to fix something. And if you haven't fixed it by now, go home. Go home. All right. When we come back, some interesting data on the upcoming presidential election. And the data says that Democrats are more likely than Republicans to support a third-party candidate. For a president who's so great, that's kind of weird. We'll talk about it when we come back. Democrats are more likely than Republicans to go third-party. 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Casey's out today. She'll be back tomorrow. Kev's here. So this really surprised me, given what we are told every day in the media by Democrats, Democrat politicians, Democrat pundits, uh, the journalists who are supposed to be fair and even, but are actually in the tank for the Democrat Party, about what a great job Joe Biden is doing and how people love the big government and the big cost and the inflation and how everybody is on board with the Joe Biden agenda. But yet, according to a new survey from Rasmussen, Democrats are 6% more likely than Republicans to vote for a third party. Now, overall, 31%, and this is a total indictment 
of the two major parties and the candidates that they put forth, 31%, according to this poll, said that it was at least somewhat likely that they would vote for a third-party candidate, with 12% saying very likely. Now, we all know what's going to happen, because we see this time and time and time again, where people are going to huff and they're going to puff about hating the Republicans and hating the Democrats, and then when it comes time to actually do something about it, which is pick someone other than the Republicans or Democrats, they'll get in that voting booth and they'll say, well... Can't let a so-and-so in there. If you're a Republican, can't let a Democrat in there. If you're a Democrat, can't let a Republican in there. And you'll vote for the thing you despise, and they won't actually vote for a third party. But the fact that right now, as people are huffing and puffing, 31% saying that it is somewhat likely they'd vote for a third party is a total indictment on the two-party system. Democrats came in at 35% compared to 29% for Republicans. And you have to ask yourself, when your party for two years had control of all the levers of government and then now has two-thirds of the levers of government and you could do whatever you wanted to do, why is it that 35% of the people in your own party say that they are likely to vote for a third party. How could you be doing a good job? And again, this isn't, you can't say, well, it's the ultra MAGA right-wing radical lunatic Trump voters. No, these are Democrats. Democrats are telling you, we've seen the job performance and we're looking for something else. And it's not even something else inside their own party. They're looking for another person. Now they're not gonna vote for a Republican. And that's, it is what it is. And they may not even be wrong in that approach, depending on who the Republican nominee is. But what they're telling you is, our guy has done such a bad job that we are looking for someone else. Comes back to kind of a reoccurring theme throughout the show today, which is a crisis of leadership from people that we're supposed to lean on the most. People want to think that their government is smarter than them. I had a conversation with somebody the other day about this, and and he told me this. He's a very apolitical person, not someone who is, uh, I would describe him probably as an independent voter, probably splits his ticket. But he said he said something we were talking about the government, and, and he was trying to justify something the government was doing. And I said, why would you give any of your freedoms over to the government? Do you really think they're smarter than you? And this person said, I want them to be. And I said, I didn't ask you that. Do you think they're smarter than you? I I want them to be. I need them to be. And that really scared me because there are lots of people out there like that who want and need and their default position is that the government and the people in the government is smarter or no no more than they do. And that is the furthest thing in many cases from the truth. I worked with these people at the Indiana State House for two years when I worked for the state auditor and then as the state pharmacy board director. The people in elected office that I encountered were some of the dumbest, 
lazy, most uninquisitive people alive. I can assure you, they are not any smarter or better or better informed than you. They just figured out how to maneuver inside the system and keep maneuvering their way up the system. They're good at conning you into thinking they know what they're doing. That's all they were good at. And so ultimately, when we look at what this Rasmussen poll is showing, that 35% of the people inside the Democrat Party, or Democrat voters at least, Biden voters, are saying they're looking for someone else, that should be a giant red flag to you that you need to be looking for something different too. We as a society cannot sustain four more years of Joe Biden and the Democrats. I'm not ready to say Republicans are the answer yet because I don't know who the Republican nominee is going to be and I don't know what his positions are going to be. So I'm not giving that by default to the Republicans. But what I am telling you is even Democrats are saying it's time to move on from Joe Biden. All right, stick around. Voicemails coming up next. Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answer. It is the Kendall and Casey show. The voicemail number 317-684-8444. I'm Rob. Casey's out today. She'll be back tomorrow. Kevin's here. So we're going to do probably two segments of voicemails because we got quite a few calls on one topic. And when we do that, it's clear that's a topic of interest and well... We're here to serve you. And so we're going to spend our segment here with people who called in about comments I made the other day that I guess were controversial to some people. The overwhelming majority of people got what I was saying and were totally fine with it because it's common sense. And we were talking about uh, different people who are serving in public office that are in their 80s or their late 70s. In most cases, those people have been around forever. And I said, it is time for those people to go home. When you reach a certain age and you've been in a certain thing for a certain period of time, you have done all you're going to do with that and it is time to get out. And what we get are these people like Chuck Grassley or Mitch McConnell or Diane Feinstein who are in their 80s, who are in many cases, in the case of Feinstein, incapable of doing the job and in the case of someone like Grassley, it was elected, I think Chuck Grassley was literally elected the same night as Ronald Reagan was first elected president. That's how long he's been there. And at a certain point, you have had your opportunity to make uh, impact on public policy that betters Americans. And at a certain point, that time has expired. You, you know, in the case of Grassley, if you've been somewhere 43 years, that's it. I'm sorry. You're not doing anything else. You are fresh out of ideas if you can't get it done in 43 years. Was in no way, and again, the overwhelming majority of people understand this, an indictment of older people saying senior citizens are worthless or don't give great advice or don't have great ideas or can't in, in infinite numbers of ways contribute to society. 
But as with many things, people hear what they want to hear, and people, we are a look-to-be-offended society. And so there were people who claimed to be deeply offended by this. And so we got quite a few phone calls, overwhelming majority, backing me up. I just wanted to roll through them so we could put this issue to rest. Hi, Robin Casey. Hey, in regards to Joe Biden's age, I have a comment. Uh, my mom was in the same industry from age 18 to 63. She retired um, as a CFO in charge of about 3,000 people. My father-in-law worked in an industry as a CFO for about the same amount of time and retired as an owner of that company, employing about 800 people. Both of these people were born the same year as Joe Biden and have said there's absolutely no way they could be doing the same job they retired from. The stress and the responsibilities they held are not something they could do or even want to do. It's not ageism. It's called common sense that one needs to step out of the workforce and into retirement and not have the most powerful job in the entire world. Love your show. God bless you both. There is something to be said about not even being able, with some people, to have a conversation about common sense stuff. And we see this quite a bit. Remember when we had the conversation about entitlement reform and the fact that Social Security and Medicare are running out of money. That's not my opinion. That's math. 2035 by the government's own estimate, Social Security done. That's their estimate, not mine. And yet people were hung up on some people, very small. And I understand it's a very small amount of people, but they're a part of our audience. We're hung up on the fact that we use the word entitlement. How dare you say that? I paid into it. They don't want to have a conversation about the program or how we make it solvent or how we ensure that people Kevin's age have access to the thing they paid into. You're hung up on the fact that we call it an entitlement. Well, if you're entitled to it, and I think we put that one to rest pretty quickly, if you're entitled to it, it's an entitlement. Doesn't make you a bad person for taking the thing you're entitled to. No one was in any way condemning people who take Social Security or Medicare. You've paid into it. You're in, you are entitled to it, which is why it's an entitlement. Uh, all right, more phone calls about uh, this age topic. Hi, Rob. This is Indiana Joe in Texas, and I just been listening to your your uh, talk on the age of people in the government. I personally am 70 years old. I personally acknowledge that I have slowed down as I've gotten older. My wife and I have remodeled houses, not just to make money, but we do it because we love it, and I still do it. The problem is 70 years old, after about six or seven hours, I pretty much had it. i got to go take a break. Robin, I was a young man, and I mean, even as young as you, you're still a kid. I'd go 10, 12, 14 hours a day and then go do something else for a couple hours. But now at this age, I just can't do it. That's the problem with our country. We need to kick all these old geezers from the nursing homes and replace them with some young people with some new ideas. Have a great day. So is that guy in ages too? He's in his 70s. He said the exact same thing that I just said. When you have done something for X amount of years, especially if it is in politics or government, and you have not made the change, time is up on being able to make the change. And that guy said the exact thing, same thing I said. Who He is the person, the age of the people that I'm talking about, and he wholeheartedly agrees. You don't function the same as when you were 35 or 40. You just don't. It doesn't mean you're losing your marbles or should be institutionalized or anything else. It just means you don't function in any profession or any field. Like he's talking about how he works on houses. He's probably really good at it. He probably still does great work. 
but he doesn't do it the same as he did when he was 35 or 40 years old. That is biology. That's life. That's the human existence. All right, what's next, Kev? Hey, Rob, um, listening to the comments coming back at you regarding your comment for those that have served way too many years in political service and have done nothing, nothing, nothing but suck the money out of our taxpayers for their luxury benefits and their amazing vacations and their their uh, scandalous uh, investment portfolios. And those are the guys that have been there 40, 50 years. And Biden being one of them, Pelosi being one of them, Feinstein, Stein being one of them. And yes, you are spot on. We are older. I'm 66, husband 74. We're still working. We're in the workforce. It's not that you're coming down on us by any means. In fact, we're the ones they want to hire because the lazy 20, 30, 40, 50 year olds don't want to do anything. They're lazy. They're lazy. They're lazy. They don't know how to do anything. They're babies. They cry about everything. But we are the ones that have hung in there working hard, continue to work hard to pay for our medication, our insurance, our house payments that are going up. No, 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 no. I don't think you said anything wrong. I'm sorry that people took that offensively and I think you need to reiterate one more time that yes, those that have been in public office more than 20 years they need to step out. That's why term limits must be in place and I pray to God before I die somebody will be brave enough to enforce term limits because those old geezers in Washington need to go and I mean fast. Again, she's in her mid-60s and she's saying those old geezers gotta go. It doesn't mean we're talking about people in life or society. It simply means that the people who run our nation, we should want the best and the brightest and the most vigorous and those who have the most energy and who are willing to fight and who have the strength and the wherewithal and the ability to do it. At a certain point in any job, unless you own your own business, in any job, you become comfortable. It's something we fight all the time on this show. We talk about how do we make the show different? How do we make the show more energetic? Because it is easier. You may have heard we're number one. Kev, have you heard we're number one? Yeah, I think, well. I, I think I heard that somewhere. Yeah. But we don't rest and just go, well, we'll just do the same thing every day. We try to give you something different. And it's a challenge. It's a challenge for us. Because it's hard. Unless you own your own business and you face a new thing every single day to make something new and fresh and different. Government is no different. And these people who have been there forever, who are in many cases in their 70s and 80s, are there because they're power-hungry people who care about themselves and not about you. They're not interested in big ideas. They're not interested in honest conversations. Because big ideas and honest conversations are hard. They're hard to have. And they're politically risky because you risk alienating or offending some sort of voter block. We need people who are willing to offend all the voter blocks in order to have honest conversations about what's taking place in this country. We need younger people in order to do that. And I'm so glad that the phone calls we received today reflect what I knew our audience was, which is people who are mature enough and strong enough and bold enough and big enough, regardless of age, to understand what we're talking about here and that it's a conversation that we have to have and they aren't offended. And that's why I love our audience, and that's why you guys are the best. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, we got more vo- voicemails coming up, variety of topics. It's Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. All right, Kendall and Casey audience, big question here for you. Imagine 
if you could get a 35% bonus when you invest your money. 35% bonus. Sound good? So, for example, if you invest $100,000, you get a $35,000 bonus. If you invest $200,000, you get a $70,000 bonus. Again, sound good? Learn how you could get a 35% bonus from Bill Demery, your retirement guy. Casey and I believe in Bill so much, we became clients too. Not only will you get a 35% bonus, you'll sleep well at night knowing your money is backed by an A-plus insurance company that's been in business for 140 years and has $2.5 trillion in assets. To learn how you could get your 35% bonus, call Bill Dimery at 317-932-9912. 317-932-9912. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Voicemails because we care about you. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's out today. She'll be back tomorrow. Uh, spent the last segment talking about the, the voicemails related to the age of people in politics and government and people standing up saying, Rob, you're right on talking about how these people have got to go. We're not offended by this at all. So let's get to some other topics. Now, yesterday we had Micah Beckwith on, and he is on the Hamilton County Library Board. And there's all sorts of drama involving them because they are trying to make sure that material that is not suitable for little kids doesn't get in the hands of little kids. They're not trying to ban books. They're not trying to burn books. They're not trying to make sure that adults can't read books. They're simply saying there is certain material that is not appropriate for kids, and we're going to make sure that they don't get that material. And people have just lost their minds over this on the left. And it's always this thing of, well, it's going to cost so much for us to have to do this. And I had asked the question to Micah yesterday. I said, why is it going to cost so much? The librarians already work at the library. Isn't that their job? And he said, you know, Rob, as usual, you're absolutely right. And so somebody called uh, about this just ridiculous drama going on in Hamilton County. How much money is wasted on that library project? And then they want $300,000 to move some books. And like you said, Rob, that's their job. They're librarians. What do they do all day? That's part of your job. But instead, we waste all this time and money and effort and energy in having these meetings. And, and you got to, like he said, they've got attorneys involved just to move some books. I get why you get fired up, Rob, because I'm passionate too. And that's crazy. I mean, people have some common sense. 8,000 books at their own admission. Then they change the story. Oh, I might have a cuss word or two. Come on. That's. That's not what they're saying. And this is a ex- prime example of why America is becoming the way it is. And it's the leftists, whatever you want to call them, that want their ideology pushed. To me, that's common sense. I don't want my little daughter picking up a book in the kids' section showing a naked, uh, uh, who knows what. That's for me and my wife to decide when she can see something like that. They don't want it to be, though. And that's the battle. 
And you heard that from some of those administrators in that video that leaked out about the CRT, SEL, and DEI in the public schools and parents being deceived and manipulated on it being taught. They don't believe your kids are your kids. You heard Joe Biden say it the other day. They believe your kids are their kids, that they have as much or more of a say in raising your kids as you do, and they're going to get to your kids one way or another. People need to wake up about what is actually at risk here, what's at stake here. The future of your kids is on the line, and it's happening everywhere in government. They are finding new and more creative and more sick ways every single day to figure out how to get to your kid, how to manipulate your kid, and they don't want you knowing about it. All right. Uh, obviously, one of the big topics going on, it's the next to last day at the state house. No plan for property tax reform. Somebody did call with a question slash statement about an issue on property taxes. And we always do our best here on this show to address uh, your questions. Kevin, go ahead. Yeah, I got a text today from my wife uh, telling me that our wonderful, wonderful uh, Governor Holcomb signed a bill today uh eliminating the mortgage interest um, tax deduction, you know, on your state taxes. I was just wondering if you had heard anything or knew anything about that. It's just uh, another thing that Holcomb has screwed the uh, Indiana people on. Thank you. Okay, so I will look into this. Again, the gajillion bills are flying to the governor's desk left and right now because that's how our General Assembly works. They slow walk everything until the end, and then they just start ramming things through. I will try to get to the bottom of that because uh, as much as we despise the governor, for good reason, we don't want to say he did anything he didn't do. So I'll try to figure that out. One thing you do need to realize, though, is that your uh, property tax bill is changing. And for those of you who have a mortgage... One of the things that is different now is that the mortgage deduction is set to go away. Now, before you lose your minds, the homestead credit is about to increase what they were giving you for the mortgage deduction. So the mortgage deduction, I think, is going to go down by three, going to go away, and your homestead credit will go up. I believe it's $3,000. Now, the reason they did that, likely, is because the rich people who control everything, we're like, hey, how come those people are getting a benefit just because they don't own their home yet? What about us? We want more deductions. Well, they weren't just going to take that away because it's pretty brazen and obvious. So now in future uh, bills, you will likely not see a mortgage uh, deduction on your property taxes. You will now see it as one homestead credit. So we want you to always have the, uh, the applicable information. But I will get to the bottom of trying to find out about what's going on. And again, yes, it is the next to last day of the legislative session. No plan, as far as I'm aware, to address property taxes. And you're going to have to decide what you do with that because that is a literal giant middle finger to you as a collective when even the Democrats were begging for property tax relief. I mean, that's how ridiculous the Republican behavior is. The Democrats have been begging for property tax relief and for you to be helped with property taxes, and the Republicans do not care at all. Wanted to close the show today. Casey's out today, and so she'll be back tomorrow. Kevin's here. It's Kendall and Casey Show. Thanks for joining us. Want to touch on a story yesterday that a lot of you got interested in, and I have an update on it. And um, I had talked about yesterday how I had finally found me some 
Some good government to talk about. Some good government to applaud about. We love doing that on this show. It's so very rare that we get to do that. And so when we do, we want to just wave the flag and say, this is the way it should be, because I'd love nothing more than to talk about good government on this show all day, every day. And we talked about how I had the great misfortune of having to go to a Brownsburg Planning Commission meeting where the very shady, manipulative, deceptive, anti-transparent school corporation was planning a project that was going to incredibly disrupt about 50 homes, was going to dramatically change uh, the structure of an area where these people lived. And they admitted in their public hearing that they had been planning this for about eight years and told absolutely no one. They had purchased properties to facilitate this a year and a half ago and told absolutely no one. And so many of us went to the meeting and just turned it over to those people on the planning commission and said, we're at your mercy. These people have tried to deceive us and have lied to us. And we now have to lift it up to you to stand up for us on our behalf and not be steamrolled by the school system. And as we talked about yesterday, to the credit of these people on this commission, they did that. They told the school, you have so many unanswered things here. You have not been good to these people. You have not done this the right way. And we need answers to these things before we're willing to consider anything. And one of the things that we had talked about as part of the transparency process is I'd said, hey, look, why don't we just have a meeting between the people who live on this street and the school corporation? And maybe if everybody's included and everyone's voice is heard, then maybe we can all come to some sort of compromise that works for everyone and we can spare this commission and the government as a collective and the citizenry and the school. We can spare everyone a whole bunch of grief. I'm absolutely certain we can work together. And a lot of people on that commission nodded and thought that was a good idea because, well, why wouldn't that be a good idea? And the guy who was there for the school system at the time said he thought that that seemed to be a good idea. So yesterday, I sent that person an email. By the way, I have the uh, his response to me posted at Rob M. Kendall on Twitter, if you'd like to see it, at Rob M. Kendall on Twitter. Sent him the email, said, hey, I'm looking forward to you uh, getting together with you. I'd like to do this. Let, let's, put, let's fast track this. Let's get everybody together. And his response to me was, kick rocks. We're going to give this commission the answers that we think they want, and you people can just eat it on this street that we're going to demolish and totally change because we're just about getting our way. And I wanted to tell you this because this is another example of the public education system doing what we tell you that they do every single day. They don't care about you at all. Hey, we're going to disrupt a bunch of people's lives. People have lived there for generations. Who cares? Hey, we're going to totally tear up roads and we're going to make travel less safe. Who cares? Hey, we have people who have lived here, who have been great citizens of the community, who just want answers on what's going on and want to be heard. Who cares? They said they would do one thing, and then when given the opportunity to do it, they gave the giant middle finger to these people. Because they're not about actually, the school systems aren't exactly actually about being a part of the community. They're not actually about caring about you. It's the same thing that's going on with this manipulative behavior with the CRT, the SEL, and the DEI. They're out. This public education system is out to get their way. If you have to be inconvenienced or your property potentially devalued or whatever else, kiss their ass. They do not care. But you know who does care? 
We care, and we're so glad you were here today. Casey will be back tomorrow. I'm Rob. Kev's been here. Stick around. Tony Katz, coming up next, 93 WIBC.